welcome back to a very special in-person episode of the Texas Private School Podcast. I am one-third of your hosting crew, Wes Tolleson, and as usual, I am joined by my two friends, Walker Lott and Ryan Schroeder, in person and in College Station this time. So, Ryan, I'll start with you. Uh, I hope you had a safe drive down, and how does it feel to be in Aggieland? Yeah, no, I am currently in Aggieland. I am in College Station. I took the seven-hour trip to cover um, the TAP State Championship games here for, you know, uh, all like uh, 6A through 1A and you know I had to stop by we had to do a podcast in person because you know I I mean first time I even met these guys in person so it's been pretty cool though it's been a pretty cool weekend for sure and we had a great time at the TAP State Championships last night we definitely got we got hype on the sideline probably a little less professional than we should have been but it was a fun time all around uh, Walker how did you enjoy the state championships yesterday you know, it was crazy because I guess for the first time in a while, um, like we've actually had a crowd and uh, I've been to a lot of football games for the past, you know, fall, but I mean, nothing like that crowd for the SES versus uh, Houston Second Baptist game was anything close to I've had in months. So it was great to actually be around a good crowd, loud, and actually, you know, what high school sports are all about, the energy, the excitement. Um, so yeah, it was a great time getting to meet y'all again. Uh, yeah, so it was really exciting for sure. Oh, for sure. No, it was an awesome time. The energy in the building was absolutely electric. And I recommend go look at Walker's Twitter because we have a lot of clips from the two games last night on there. And just, if nothing else, listen to the crowd noise and electricity that was generated from that. It was an absolutely awesome time as a sports fan. As Texas has started to open back up and we're really having a good time getting to watch sports at a somewhat normal pace again. But before I go too far, we're actually going to go back and recap all of basketball season with Ryan, of course because that is his specialty here on the podcast. So, Ryan, I'll hand it off to you and give us kind of an overall recap of what you have. Yeah, so last night, obviously, we were watching the 6A. uh, We were watching the 5A championships because 6 and 5A were actually at two different locations at the same time. I know it sucked, but we were able to watch the 5A girls and the 5A guys. And the good thing about that was, you know, we got to see some really talented teams last night. And we'll go into more depth on the games that we watched um, uh, by ourselves together last night. But I'll just go into depth about basically what's been, you know, what happened in the 6A game last night. Um, You know, all year long, that 6A, uh, you know, entire whole bracket area has been crazy. I mean, they have had teams that have gone in and out of there that have played you know, uh, insanely well. Lots of surprises. I mean, one of the biggest surprises was probably the semifinal game between Bishop Lynch and JP2. Um, But uh, if you want to know, you have your 6A all-tournament team, guys. Um, You had Xavier Martinez um, on that uh, that Antonian prep team. You had Brian Armstrong on the Antonian prep team. And you had Gambino Ramos on that uh, Antonian prep team. And then that Bishop Lynch team, had Emo Essien, Logan Epps, and Bryce Davis. And, you know, Antonian Prep ended up getting the win last night. I think they won, um, it was around 60, 63 or something like that. Uh, I, one of y'all can get a check on that. But, yeah, I mean, they won by, like, over 10 points. And, you know, it was a really good game for this Antonian Prep team. They've been strong all season. They made it back last uh, this, past, this year after losing last year to John Paul II. I would have loved to have seen a rematch again, but um, if you want to get into more depth, Bishop Lynch had a semifinal game against JP2 earlier this week, 
and they came out with the win by four points. They beat a team of two guys that are going to be going to play Power 5 basketball, you know, just what they had, and I'll get into those guys in a second, but, you know, the final score of that uh, Antonian Prep game and the Bishop Lynch game is 73 to 57. So Antonio Prep was able to get it done, and um, I'm not going to toot my own horn here, but I, you know, I did say that Antonian Prep was gonna was gonna win by 10 points. That was one of my predictions, and we'll get into the 5A games later. But I mean, I think I think you can you, like like always. What we always say is you can you trust us with some of the stuff that we say because you know we do, we do know a little bit of what we're talking about, but. Um, Antonian Prep is a really good team. Their only loss this year was to Austin Westlake, which is a 6A public school team. So, you know, 31-1 is what they went overall. Very, very good team. Um, and this Bishop Lynch team is nothing short of that either. These, some of these guys are very talented, and they've been playing on a, you know, trying to just play as an um, underdog this entire time. And it's so, only so much you can do, but they did really well to get to the state championship and come runner-ups. Um I'm going to get into these five guys real quick. These are probably the best five guys, I would say, in TAPS and SPC. Um, and you're going to you're gonna see why. Like, this isn't prep schools. These are TAPS and SPC kids. So, like, this is the talent that we have in our area. So, Harrison Ingram is going to Stanford. He plays on uh, SBC uh, St. Mark's, and he is the number one recruit in all of Texas and yeah, he'll be going to play at Stanford next year. I mean, that's crazy. We have the number one recruit in SBC in, in the entire you know state of Texas, which is just out, outstanding. Harrison Ingram's a great player. Um, this year, obviously, just like football, SBC cut their season short again for basketball. And so uh, players on those SBC teams did have to go play on like uh, random prep school prep teams. Like uh, they ended up playing on Southern Assault, which is their summer team. But nothing short of it. Still the same guys all playing on that same team. They just decided to go under the name Southern Assault instead of, you know, um, St. Mark's. Two guys that went to the same high school, which played for that JP2 team, is Emmanuel Basecki and Jalen Tyson. And Jalen Tyson is going to go to Texas Tech, and Emmanuel Basecki is going to come here. So going to come here to Gigamtown. And, uh, you know, he's going to come play for A&M. So lots of talent, y'all. I mean, those are two guys on the same John Paul II team. They're going to go play Power 5 basketball once again. So that's three guys that I just listed that are going to be going to top basketball schools. And it's crazy to think about that, you know, all these guys are just coming out of the Taps area versus, you know, you know other places in Texas. And then I have to give shout-out to these two guys, too. Joseph Vincent, who's been playing his butt off at Midland Christian for a good amount of time. He got the opportunity for him to go play at Liberty next year, and he's committed there. Great old player, um, Joseph Vincent. Really led that Midland team to who you know the best it could be. Led them, I think, a couple rounds in for you know this, uh, this state uh, championship run this year. Um, so not a bad player at all. Definitely one of the best players in, I would say, um, the 6 they seen this year. Um, and Emo Essien is a guy I just mentioned on the Bishop Lynch team. He is going to Old Dominion, and he is probably the number five guy for SBC, TAPS, private school players in the state of Texas. Another, He's a, he's a shorter, shorter guard, but a really great player, and he puts up probably, I mean, all these guys are putting up 20-plus points tonight, but, I mean, Emo Essien did a lot for that team and a really talented team that was for Bishop Lynch. So we'll be excited to see him at Old Dominion next year. And I guess that's just a little recap of your SPC and TAPS boys and what they were able to accomplish this year as it comes to, you know, just an overall recap. 
Yeah, for sure. And one question I do want to ask you, Ryan, really quickly is it seems like in TAPS basketball, you know, overall you're usually going to see that in these sports that public school is obviously a little better than private school, but it seems like TAPS basketball is even more elite. There's a lot higher concentration of talent, even relative to the football. Do you think that's true? And if so, maybe why? So I've always said that, you know, there's the way it works is like, in football, when it comes to it, there's many opportunities for like guys to go out to the football, the football scene, in the public school, and they have to still prove their point. But I think in basketball, there's only five five spots, you know, on the court, and guys, you know, some coaches may not like a player, and so they'll go to taps and they'll go show out in taps because they have an opportunity to play at these small schools, right? And like they'll just go switch up, they'll go play at a private school just because they want that recognition, and they'll turn out to be stars. So, I guess that's what you got there. That definitely makes sense once you look at it. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, looking at the – I was going to recap some of the other games that kind of just ended. Uh, the 6-8 girls state basketball championship, Bishop Lynch beat the Village School in Houston 56-46. to uh, Moving on to the 1A games that just ended earlier today, like two hours ago, uh, Cornerstone Christian uh, wins the state championship in 1A over Christ Academy, Wichita Falls, of 35-27. to and then in the two A girls state championship, Southcrest Christian School. Wow, not not mine, but Southcrest Christian School uh, beat Saint Paul Catholic fifty eight to thirty three. Uh, and the one A boys state basketball championship, Covenant Academy beat uh, Faustina Academy in Irving fifty to thirty seven. And then uh, in the two A boys state championship, uh, Grace Christian Academy uh, beats Kingdom Preparatory Academy in Lubbock. 59 to 48. So those are the games that have happened today. Uh, you know, the 4A games are later tonight. Um, but uh, that's really good. That's just what happened. Wanted to shout out all those teams. So, yeah, back to back to Wes and Ryan. Yeah, and the next thing we're going to go into is actually the first game that we covered yesterday was the 5A Girls State Championship where we saw Southwest Christian defeat Houston Second Baptist 54-40 to in a game that seemed a lot closer than it was because of the energy that the Second Baptist fans brought to the stadium. But Ryan, I'll start with you first. You know, what did you really take away from this game and being able to watch it in person? I think this was crazy. I mean, we, what's it called? Were you expecting that much energy right when you walked in that gym? I mean, we haven't seen that all season long from anything. It didn't matter if it was girls. It didn't matter if it was guys basketball. We haven't seen that energy all season long. And I think that was insane. Obviously, everyone showed out for their school. Um, And uh, I did definitely the Houston Second Baptist. I mean, you were telling me that you're a Southwest Christian when they were going on spring break or whatever, but Houston Second Baptist showed up for their girls. I mean, they were there. They were loud and, you know, and proud for their team. Um, I just thought, you know, so much energy between those things. And every single three-pointer that was made, the entire gym erupted. Every single three-pointer that was made. And they would go back and forth, uh, you know, hitting them on each side of the court, like going back and forth. And you just you hear one roar on one side of the gym. You'll hear another roar on the other side of the gym. No, the best thing was we were enjoying ourselves so much. Every time they'd hit a three, we'd hit the three on the sleeve oh. or the arrow. We were jumping around. Dude, it was so fun. Yeah, we're we're non-biased, by the way. Just to let, just like to know that we're oh, no. not. But no, we were we, we were having. We fun. celebrated I, I was all three. Absolutely threes. biased. Go Eagles! Shout out to them! Shout out to them winning back to back. You know how it is. Oh, we hey, we we were having fun with it though. We were having fun with it. We were we were jumping up and down. There's a lot of fun. We I mean that's that's what it's about. That's what high school sports are about. If you're not having fun watching them, then why are you even there in the first place, right? So. 
I think that was a cool thing. I I love seeing Southwest Christian win that game. I mean, they are full of talent. I guess we can even get back into that real quick. Um, but yeah, talented players on that team. You had the you know, uh, are they sisters or twins? They're twins actually. They're twins. Yeah, you can yeah. talk about. It. So the uh, they came in. Coach Menendez. Uh, he came in two years ago, uh, and just kind of took over this team. And then that was the same year the two twins, the Ross Bro twins, came in and uh, just came in and just dominated. And plus them, they brought in Dayton Flowers, who is the daughter of our head football coach. Uh, she came in they're all their junior years and now have won back-to-back state championships. And those three were actually the ones who led the team in points. You know, Ariel uh, had 20, Ariana had 16, and then Dayton had seven for us. Um, they just came in and the program just changed. Um, shout out to them; they dominated um, fifty-four to forty. There was there was never really a time in that whole game that it was really ever a doubt. They they were up by ten most of the game. Um, yeah, it was good, great to see them finally play since you know they're from my alma mater. Um, it was just exciting to see how basketball has actually changed, especially for that girls program. And I'm excited to see the future after those seniors leave. Uh, but yeah. Really happy for them. Uh, great game, great teams, both of them actually. Um, so yeah, I was gonna mention that one girl um, that was playing for Second Baptist. She was making insane. Well, yeah, uh, Kate Marshall. Okay, she basically had to put that team on her back. I mean, when it came to the end of the game, they were they were trying to. They're almost like struggling to get up like a shot or whatever, and she just had to make some clutch shots in the, in the clutch. And I think that just showed that. You know, and she, she was a freshman, wasn't she? Uh, no, that was that was Olivia Savago. Yeah. She had 11 points. She was a sniper from oh. the field. And real quick, Kate Marshall had one of the dirtiest drop steps I've ever seen in girls basketball. She can score in the post, and it was impressive to watch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they're 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 a good team. They're a real good team, and you could you could definitely see why they were in the state championship. I mean. It just it's it stinks when you have to go up against a Southwest team that has two uh, twins that are insanely good and they they just go and kind of dominate the scene. But um, they're going to yeah. yeah they're going to UMHB um, next year. You know I think Dayton's just going to Arkansas I believe uh, just to go to school. But um, yeah shout out to them. You know I think they were um, the twins were McDonald's All American nominee were on the nominee nominee list. Sorry. But, you know, they were big-time players. You know, SES was lucky to have them the Beast past two years. And, yeah, like, Houston Second Baptist is also a very young team as well. Um, so don't get it twisted. They'll probably be back there next year, and they might claim their title now next year. But, uh, yeah, I just want to say that. Uh, both had great teams. It was a fantastic game. So Yeah, for sure. It was a very entertaining game to watch and a very fun start to our night. And we actually have an interview with the Southwest Christian Girls Seniors that Walker got to conduct an interview with. So we'll roll that now. I'm here with the SES Girls basketball team now, two-time back-to-back state champions. I'm here with Introduce Yourself. Uh, Dayton Flowers. Ariel Roseboro. Ariana Roseboro. Well, congrats on the win. You know, as an alum by myself, you know, it's big time seeing y'all come here, win this thing. How does it feel, you know, coming in two years ago, right? Coming in to a whole new environment for all of y'all and then just kind of dominating everything you do. You know, what is that, 25 and one this year? Just how is it like with y'all being the big three and that coach coming in as well? Like, how is it feeling leading this team for two straight years? Um, well, it was definitely different and it was hard to try to like, coming into a whole new team and having to bond with them. 
but it worked really well and we all work really well together and it was really fun to just get to know new people and create new friends and teammates that we'll remember forever. Absolutely, absolutely. Anything else? Um, I think for me is when Cush, I think it was the first practice last year, we're all new to the team and Cushman has said, y'all, we're going to state. Yeah. And we're like them all crazy. And he said, we're either gonna be playing or watching. Following year, we were playing in it. Two years later, we won back to back. So I think everyone just bought in from that first day of practice. And we just knew that the first year we, were, we came away and we won. And the following year that everyone, had, we had a target on our back. So we had to make sure we stay up the whole time. Yeah. Have anything else to add? Is that pretty much it? Pretty much it. Yeah. So, you know, last year, you know, you beat, you beat Dallas Christian two straight years in close games. You know, last year, you know, you you reconciled. You've been like, all right, we're the, we're the team now. And then you come in this year and every, you, like you said, you had a target on your back. How was it dealing with that pressure your second year with, you know, losing Jill last year and uh, just having to adapt this year with now y'all being seniors? Uh, you can start it off. Um, you know, just having the freshmen and everybody else step up, like Emily Doan, she's very, I'll probably say the most improved player, having her step up in the position that we lost Jill, was able to build our team up and herself up in order to make us like win the majority of our games. Absolutely. You have anything else to add, anyone? I think it's more like what she's saying, having our bench people step up is whether like either you're, if you're not playing or whether you're there like on the bench or you're just cheering. I think everyone bought in and like it's just everyone was in there whether you're not playing or not. So that really helped. Yeah, absolutely. You know, having a coach like that, you know, come in, what is what does that coach mean to y'all? How is that family atmosphere that y'all have grown into now like mean to them, especially that coach? Um, coach Fernandez, he's intense, but he's taught me so much about the game of basketball, especially how to just keep going and that it's not all about me. Like I, most of the time when I go on that court, I know that I'm playing for them too, because I know that they're going to put their hearts on the court and I should do the same, shouldn't play any different. Absolutely. You have anything else to add? Um, no, that's pretty much it. Looking back at your four years, you know, two of them now have been established Christian, but you know, looking back at your high school career is now officially done. What does it mean to you and the game of basketball for over this past four years? I think for me, it's just having fun. Like, that's literally what it has been for like the last years. Even a win or lose, like, have fun and know that if I'm on that court, I give it my all. So I can't say, oh, we lost. Like, oh, I could have did this and that. No, I don't, like, look at it as regret. I look at, like, losses as a lesson. So that's pretty much for me. Yeah. I say basketball does build champions, and it's more than a lifestyle. Like, to me, it reveals character. It's all about what you're going to do on the court and also off the court. So... Yeah, I agree with them both completely. He said it all. Hey, awesome. Uh, looking to the future, you know, how does this SES basketball team look for the future? You know, with y'all three gone, like who's going to have to step up to be big time next year? Um, yeah, definitely. We have uh, Tegan Milken and Emily Doan and Haley Davis that are all going to be um, returning varsity players. And I have full confidence in them. They have grown so much in this past season um, and they have just stepped up. And I fully believe that they'll do the same next year. Um, I just think that uh, I noticed that like, the people who are on the bench, I think they've looked and learned, and they're going to like know like what to expect the following season, and they're going to have an advantage for the incoming freshmen that we have. So I know that they're going to blossom and do, be the best player, basketball player they can be. Absolutely. You know, that's a 54-40 win. Congrats, y'all. Uh, go celebrate. Have a good time. This episode of the Texas Private School Podcast is brought to you by GoEditGraphics.com. GoEditGraphics create custom sports graphic templates where the user can change the colors, images, and text to make it their own. As you can see behind me, I'm going through all the graphics they provide to the users. They have graphics for football, basketball, baseball, and other sports to choose from, so no matter what, they have you covered. To show how easy it is to use their website, we're going to create a graphic of our own. So let's get started. As you can see, we chose this template. All you gotta do is select edit and then go and pick out the photos we wanna use for the graphic and logo also that you wanna use. 
we are doing my old high school teammate Tyson Flowers, who's gonna be a senior next year. So now the photo's in there, and all you have to do is center it up and do the same thing for the logo as well. It's so easy to use. All you have to do is find that logo and your photo you want to use and just plop them in there and you're done. So moving on to the next step, what you do is you go ahead and select text, and then you just type whatever you want into those boxes, and boom, there it goes. You can make the font bigger or smaller, depending on what you prefer, and then you move on to the colors. We, I did, of course, blue, black, and white since those are my old alma mater's colors. And then all you got to do is select export and you're done. You can do export it to your computer or you can export it and share it to Twitter or Facebook easily. Their showcase package is designed to meet the graphic needs of the entire athletic department. The elite package is specifically created to help high school athletes with their recruiting process. Luckily for y'all, I got yourselves a deal for the showcase package. So if you mention the Texas Private School podcast, you will receive $25 off the showcase package. Goedit Graphics is a great way to highlight all your sports and athletes. Check them out on Twitter at Goedit Graphics or visit their website goeditgraphics.com to schedule a demo. Now, on to the rest of the podcast. So thank you very much to the girls for giving us that interview and shout out Southwest Christian on their back-to-back girls state championships. And now we're actually going to jump into the second game that we got to cover last night, which was the 5A boys basketball, which where we saw the Woodlands Christian defeat Fort Worth Christian 60-47. to And again, Ryan, I'll let you start this. What did you really see in this game and who stood out to you? I mean, I've been watching these teams since, what, I mean, middle, middle of December, if not earlier than that, and I can tell y'all, I mean, these are two teams that definitely fought their way to get there, um, two teams that are definitely uh, tough, you know, for, for who they are. I mean, you had a Fort Worth Christian team that was built up of just, you know, insane talent, big old dudes. Um, Al, Al Zambi is one name that has been that has crushed the DFW area this year. Um, and what's it called, and another name would be Alex uh, Basinicus, and, and uh, what's it called, and Nate Bloodsoe. I mean, Nate Bloodsoe is a sniper from three. Um, Bossianakis is a great um, point guard that was able to take up the four. Fort with Christian is nothing short of a talented team. I just want to get that out of the way, but you can't you can't talk about this team, to talk about this Woodland Christian team without mentioning the guy that just ran the show. And if you haven't heard of his name, and this is the first time you're hearing of his name, you this will not be the last time you're hearing his name. His name is Austin Benini, and he is just insane. He had 29 points in the state championship game, and he has been doing it all season long. Um, when I watched him play at Drive Nation earlier this year. He had a 40-point game and many 30-point games. I talked about on the podcast, you know, uh, a couple uh, about a month ago um, or a couple months ago. And, I mean, the kid has not changed since. He's still an athlete that you know, is able to get to, the, you know, the rim as well as also shoot from three. I mean, he's a stud. He He's, he's a little bit shorter, but it doesn't matter. It, it, he literally, like, what, he's maybe like 5'10"? Five, 5'11". Five, 5'11", right? And he still gets the basket like it's no problem. I mean, he is a stud, and I think that's something that you know many college coaches should see. Um, 
I, I really like how this kid plays. Um, I, I've, I've enjoyed it to watch him play, and he changed up his hairstyle, for, I guess, for the tournament. He got the got the man going on on top, and it looked it looked cold. He was he just he looked like a great player. We were even saying before the game, if you're gonna have a man bun, you gotta be a cold player. There's no other option. If you're a white kid wearing a man bun, you have to be good, or else you're not. It's not gonna go well for you. But he definitely pulled it off. Yeah, and that final score, 60-47. to 47. So they ended up getting the win by about 13 points. But they were kind of – it was kind of a, a bigger stretch than that most of the game. I mean, it looked like, uh, you know, uh, Fort Worth was actually bringing it back a little bit toward the end, um, definitely trying to make some more shots down the stretch. And Nate Bloodsoe was definitely a part of that. And so I want to say a shout-out to those 5A, uh, 5A um, state championship boys. Um, they, I do have – I think we have the 5A – um, the 5A all tournament team. If we can pull that up real quick, I know, I know what's called. I know Alex Basinikis was on there. Um, I know Nate Bloodso was on there. I know Alex Zambia was on there, and I know Austin Benini was on there. Chance Perkins, another great player for this team, and Zion Pipkin uh, is another great player as well. All six of those guys truly deserved. I say some of some of the most truly deserving all tournament team. You know, one of the most all, all tournament team deserving uh, ones that I've seen in a while. I mean. All six of those players are absolute studs, and I'm glad to see that all of them got recognized um, for their great runs this year. And really quick, Max Preps has failed me once again, but do you by chance know who number one was on the Woodlands Christian? He was the freshman. He had the kind of little doink hair right yeah, here. Yeah, that was, that was what's called. That was uh, Zion Pipkin, right? Yep. Yeah, Zion Pipkin. He hit one of the coldest plays I've ever seen in Taps basketball. I mean, he pulled a Steph Curry. He he shot the three, and it was about halfway up, and he just turned around and ran back down the court, and it it, it sunk in. That actually is also – it should be on Ryan's Twitter, and we have a video of it. But it was one of the coldest things I have ever seen. But, Ryan, there – I mean, Walker, is there anything else you wanted to hit on from this game? I mean, no. Like, I think I was impressed because, you know, at the, even the, towards the end, like, fourth Christian hoops never even stopped. Like – they brought it back into a 10-point game when it was like, I think it was like an 18-point game. So, you know, give it credit to them for, you know, having heart and playing to the end. You know, those guys wanted it badly. Um, and they went through a lot of teams up there in DFW, and they had to face a lot of good teams. And, you know, going to the state championship is not a shame. It's not anything bad. Like, you worked for that, and you deserve that credit. Um, a lot of those great guys on that team. Um, but, yeah, that's really it. Oh, yeah, and it was kind of ironic, but it also played into the fact that it made these games seem a lot closer, that both of the losing teams had much bigger student sections than the teams that won, so they had much better energy. So even if it was like a 12- or 13-point game, it felt like it was a 2- or 3-point game just because of all the craziness that was happening around you. But it made for one of the most enjoyable sporting experiences I've ever attended in my life. It was really, really fun. And actually, we do have an interview with Austin Manini that we're going to roll right now that we got to have Ryan conduct, and we'll look at that now. My name is Ryan Schroeder with Texas Private School Podcast. I'm here with Austin. Um, you know, I just think after such a great season, after such a great, you know, great game tonight, you've obviously been putting in work all year. Many games with up plus performances. I mean, I was at the game where you had 40 in that one uh, drive, drive Nation tournament, you know. So what does it feel like to come into an atmosphere like this where, you know, it's loud on both sides and to come get a, another state championship in 5A this time instead of that? I know, uh, it's just what we're supposed to do. We are looking forward to this whole time, whole year. You know, it's been a crazy year. But to be back here, it's just so much fun playing in front of our fans. Finally, finally be able to get like a full crowd in. Not been able to do that at our gym, so it's just been one hell of a ride. 
And what, what would you say is like the transition from 4A to 5A? Is it different or has it been you know about the same for you? Or how do you feel like your competition has leveled up throughout this year? Um, obviously a little bit tougher, but you know, we think we're the number one team in TAPS and we came out and did what we did, what we we're supposed to. Um, we think we should do this again next year. I mean, let's look and do it again. Are you are you excited to do this once again? You know, come through the journey overall, once again, come through everything again. I mean, you are a young kid and you you got much room to grow. So how do you feel like going into this off season, you know, coming into summer ball and going into next year, you'll be playing? I mean, I'm hoping to just play better as I, like coming in this year. I played better than I did last year. I'm hoping to do that again. You know, this is what we live for. We train for it all year and it's what we're supposed to do. Are you excited to be a champion right now? Does it feel good to be a champion? <laughs> Absolutely. It's the best feeling ever. We'll be covering him all season long. You'll probably hear about him uh, for many times to come. I mean, we already talked about that on the podcast, but you'll hear, you'll hear about him a lot more coming soon. All right. Thank you. So once again, thank you to Austin Benini for that interview. And that actually wraps up all of our information from the state uh, basketball games. And now I'm actually going to jump into a little bit of defensive end analysis um, te Texas private school football guy put out on Twitter his list of the top defensive ends and taps. And as I usually do when these things come out, I'm going to analyze. I'm going to give you a detailed description of the top five and then read off the top ten and let you do your own research. But at number one, to no surprise, we have Curly Thomas from Nolan Catholic, who stands at a staggering 6'4 and 240 pounds. I mean, he has offers from Baylor, Cal, MSU, Texas Tech, Virginia Tech, and about 20 other Division I schools that if I was to read, I'd probably run out of breath. But he's an absolute physical freak. You know, far and away the heaviest guy we'll talk about on this list by at least 20 pounds. And trust me, that ain't due to fat. There really isn't any debate regarding who should be number one on this list. And that's evident if you look at Curly's tape. You know, in the most competitive level of Taps football, he constantly demands a double team. He'll beat you with a bull rush. He'll beat you with finesse. And he's an elite prospect that you definitely should keep an eye on to make waves at the next level. And, you know, I'm saying a lot of things that people already know about Curly Thomas. But, Walker, is there something you wanted to add? I mean, I remember watching him in that state championship game, and he's he's just dominant. I mean, um, the you have 20 D1 offers. Of course, like, you're going to be dominant. Um 6'4", 220, he's lanky, he's lean, he's strong too. Um, with him and then um, Caleb James on the other side of that defensive line, those DNs, you know, that's just disgusting. That's scary for any offensive line to face. Um, he's an animal, man. Um, I believe on the stats on the season, he had, I think, the second most sacks in the hold of taps. I mean, just dominant, speed off the edge type of player. Um, who can he's just lanky and get his hands on you before you even you even got a chance as an offensive lineman. Um, it's 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 insane. Um, he's a freak. Um, we don't really know where he's gonna end up, but he has 20 schools to do uh, to figure out where he wants to go. And I believe he just dropped his top eight the other day. Uh, let me find that. Uh, Cincinnati, Cal, Virginia, Penn State, Oklahoma State, Arkansas, UCLA, or Tech. So we'll end up where you're going. Uh, just a dominant player. Uh, yeah, like on the, even on the season, he in nine games played, he had 58 tackles, 16 sacks, three quarterback – 30, sorry, quarterback hurries, uh, 32 solo tackles, and 22 tackles for loss. 
absolute animal. He came in this year and just dominated for Nolan Catholic, so... No, that's some insane video game type numbers, but that's all we have on Curly Thomas. At number two, we see Cam Robertson, a 6'4", 225 kid from Plano John Paul II. He currently holds offers from UConn, the University of Houston, ASU, Indiana, Kansas, and others. You know, when I saw him, the words that stood out in my mind were quick, rangy, and tenacious. He'll destroy smaller quarterbacks. I mean, I literally saw a clip in his highlights of him lifting this poor little kid off the ground that couldn't have weighed more than 160 pounds, and he just suplexed him. It was a WWE move. And, you know, the kid has an incredibly high motor, and honestly, he might be the most exciting kid to watch in this 22 defensive end class. Yeah, you know, for all the defensive line talent we had in tabs last year, he was one of the guys that maybe got not mentioned a lot, but he needs to be next year. I mean, they have a lot of guys over there at, Plano John Paul next year, um, and he's going to be one of those top dudes for sure. Um, 6'5", 225, um, stud. As you said, the tape just speaks for itself. Um, Long, lanky, he loves to just dominate people, and I think that's what's really exciting about his game. Um, Yeah, I'm really excited to see him next year, especially in that tough district that they they have up there in the DFW for Division I. Um, it's going to be exciting to see uh, where he ends up and also how dominant he is his senior year. Yeah, for sure. And at number three, we see Chase Kennedy, who stands at 6'4", also 225, from the Episcopal School of Dallas. He holds an offer from Utah currently. And honestly, this might be the most underrated guy on this list, which is crazy to say at number three. But first of all, please go watch the first highlight on this kid's tape. I was in the library studying when I saw this and I almost jumped out of my chair and started yelling. I mean, it's, it's a Jadavian clowny type beat. And there's another clip of him where he's the backside defensive end. So the team's like, okay, we'll run a stretch to the other side of the field. He says, no problem. And he just runs him down and turns on the burners. And not to mention, he just nails every quarterback on this tape. You know, I'm very curious to see what his 40 time is. Cause I, he might have a faster 40 than some skill players and taps. I really wouldn't doubt that. You know, I wouldn't, don't be surprised if this kid picks up more Power 5 offers here very soon. He really might have the most potential on this list, and I really mean that when I say it. So, Walker, is there anything you wanted to add for Chase Kennedy? Yeah, me and Ryan are watching it right now. I mean, dominant. Uh, Just, he is explosive off the edge. I mean, that's the first thing I saw. His first step is great. He tracks, he tracks really well. His lateral movement is really, really solid. Um, Yeah. He sheds, ooh, he sheds blocks really well. Um, wow. Uh, as uh, as an offensive lineman back in the day, I, I'd be very scared to go against this guy for sure. He tackles well. He, yeah, I can see why he's number three right now, tasked behind those two guys. I, I really want to see how good he is because his Episcopal School of Dallas is one that you know doesn't get mentioned a lot because they're not really taps and in that district they have they've had some great talent there over the years for sure. I'm excited to see him progress over the next few months, and like you said, I think he's going to be a guy who's going to be highly rated maybe down the road for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. It is currently March 13th, and you heard it here first. If Chase Kennedy starts blowing up crazy, you heard it on Texas Private School Podcast first. 
But at number four, we see William Houston, who stands at 6'3", 215 from Fort Worth, Trinity Valley. You know, this kid has really great awareness and a high IQ. He's a very sure tackler. And, you know, you normally say that as a nice way to kids who aren't the most athletic. You call them smart. You say they have great awareness. Not the case with this kid. He's also very athletic, which is why he's number four on this list. You know, he'll just, he'll murk smaller offensive linemen. So don't try to match him up with someone that's not an absolute beast in his own right. You know, he's great at shedding blocks. And it appears that he's in communication with Army right now. So expect him to pick up some kind of offer this season, maybe with Army or maybe with another service academy. But I think if he plays his cards right and starts balling out, you can see him start to play his way up the recruiting rankings. But Walker, you have anything regarding Houston? I mean, I think I 100% agree with what your statement is. You know, he's just agile quick he has really good football iq he just knows when to make plays you know trinity valley is literally not even five minutes from my high school um so we've you know that was our rivals back in the day so i i, I knew about him growing up because he was the he was a freshman when i was a senior um but i was really i'm really excited to see where he's gonna end up his senior year you know but as being at trinity valley you know he only got to play five games this year so his tape was really solid in those five games but not a lot to show so I'm excited to see how much he progresses next year. Um, but yeah, explosive, like you said, he sheds blocks really well. He's just IQ savvy as well. Like he doesn't, when it's a QB read, something like that, he knows he he stays solid. He knows where it is and doesn't go one way or the other and finds where he needs to go. So yeah. And finally, we have Amir Ali at number five, who stands at 6'2", 225 from San Antonio Holy Cross. I mean, the one word I used to describe this kid is a headhunter. Don't give him a full head of steam. He's a, he's equally as good at run stuffing from an interior position as he is at pass rushing from the outside. He doesn't currently hold any offers, but I definitely think he can play at the next level somewhere as he definitely seems to possess that level of talent. So expect him to pick up some kind of offer this season or in the next few months here. You know, Walker, is there anything you wanted to add regarding Ali? Well, I remember when we were doing the finalist awards for the private school podcast award show he was one of our nominees for defensive lineman of the year and you know I really I we as a podcast really looked into it and we we're like all right we need to watch film I remember watching this film and I was like how is this guy not rated higher than he is he's a stud um he had dominated all of San Antonio and South Texas this year in taps and I was like I thought he would be a senior but knowing now like knowing that he was a junior doing this very impressive and I know San Antonio Holy Cross, they lost some guys, those seniors. But, I mean, having him back for a senior year, that's very, very special for them for sure. And I know that those coaches down there are going to love to have him again for another year. Um, like you said, he's a mean player. Like he just – the other guys maybe are quick or elusive or something like that. Now he'll just bull rush you and just plow into you. That's how he is. He's just stronger than everyone else, bigger, faster, stronger. And he shows it on his film. He just dominated everyone and just, yeah, just dominated. Um, and especially in a, a talent like that in Division Three, like you you should expect him to dominate at that, at le- that level, and he does. Um, and that's what you want to know. Like if you're not dominated at that level, maybe that talent is not that great. But that talent plus the production he had, is that is why he was a defensive lineman of the year nominee for Division Three. And that's why he's number five on private school football guys list. So for sure, definitely a lot of talent as a whole on this list to round out the rest of the top 10. We see, we see Shep Dullahan from Austin Regents 
at number six. We see Tyler Williams from Dallas Christian at number seven. At number eight, we see Truman Godwin from Tomball Christian. At number nine, we see Sebastian Claudio from McKinney Christian. At number 10, we see Logan Mallard from Plano Prestonwood. So, Ryan, I'll turn to you now. Is there anything that you want to say regarding this list as a whole and the talent in the 22 defensive end class? I just think I, I, I wouldn't sleep on those three, three, four, and five guys. They may not have the offers that, you know, that the, that the first two guys. I mean, Curly Thomas is obviously, you know, I'm not saying that Curly Thomas is worse than, I mean, is worse than these kids because obviously Curly Thomas is, uh, is by far the best player. But I would say don't sleep on these, you know, three, you know, numbers three, four, and five that we just listed. I mean, these are kids that you have to give them this summer. You have to give them this summer. And once, you know, once they have time to develop this summer, I mean, these kids could be dominant next fall and you'll, you'll might be hearing more about their names, you know, as they come. I mean, obviously one of them was a finalist for us. So we, we highly value them. Uh, we high, highly value all these players. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think, I think just keep looking out for these players and you might be surprised by what you hear next fall. And as always, you heard it here first on the Texas Private School Podcast. Of course you did. I think you'll find, as I say a lot, we know a little bit of what we're talking about, regardless of what some people on Twitter might like to say that have like seven or eight followers. But I digress. <laughs> Looking at, um, we're actually going to turn to Walker now, who attended the 7-on-7 Pylon Tournament in Houston, which definitely has a very large concentration of talent within it. So, you know, I'll turn to you now, Walker, and tell me like what you saw there, who stood out to you, and what the future is going to look like for these kids. So if if y'all don't really know, Pylons, the Pylon Seven on Seven tournament is it's a tournament that they have different events and like tournaments basically all around the nation. Uh, the big ones are in Atlanta, Houston, uh, Las Vegas, uh, Miami, stuff like that. They have them all around the nation. Um, it's a big time thing, and these guys, best in the nation, get on these teams that are kind of local teams of their like where they live, where they grow up. And they just go travel around the country and compete. So uh, some of these guys had these teams. You know, some guys had a team from Dallas. And a lot of, I, you know, it just shows that I have one, two, three, four, seven guys that I saw from private school football that were playing in these tournaments. And there were probably more I just didn't notice or didn't see, didn't re- uh, recognize. But I'll, I'm going to talk about these seven guys that were dominant and very, very good players amongst the best in the state of Texas and the best in the nation. So the first one I'll talk about is um, I saw him like around uh, the noonish time was uh, Gage Roy, the quarterback at Dallas Jesuit, you know, 6'2", 195. Uh, we were looking at him and they were playing a good team that, you know, I work for Texags and so we, you know, follow A&M recruiting. Uh, we were watching some of the guys on that, uh, the other side and I was like, wait, is that who I think it is? And, you know, it was Gage and he was throwing dimes all across the field. Um, and, you know, they play with a lot of those guys from Highland Park, Dallas Jesuit, um, Parish Episcopal, um, those, those type of guys. They all play on one team, basically, and they are, they were just dominating the entire day. Um, Gage threw great balls all over the field. Um, I know that team was lucky to have him, and he that's the reason he was number two on our private school football uh, quarterback list this year. And he's going to get big-time offers as the season goes on his senior year. Threw some really nice passes, man. Like, I was very, very impressed seeing him first time in person. Uh, and another guy I saw was Blake Youngblood, the wide receiver from Parish Episcopal, the 22, uh, class of 22. Uh, he was he he's the real deal. Um, I know he just got a, a D one offer from the the other day. Forgot exactly who it's from, but um, 
you know, you had Jai Moore over there at Parish Episcopal last year, and he was a stud. But Blake Youngblood, the junior for them with uh, Preston Stone, he caught like 500, 600 yards receiving, I believe, and dominated. Um, and he's going to be their wide receiver one next year. He's going to be a stud for them. Um, the guy's the real deal. And he he torched a lot of those guys who are the best in Texas, coveted by Power 5 schools, um, and just torched them throughout the day. Um, I was very, very impressed. The other guy on that team was Robert Fitzgerald from Dallas Jesuit, the six foot two hundred three uh, DB. Um, he has offers, I believe, uh, that he's gotten recently. But he, I was very, very impressed. And you know, he was a nominee for uh, Defensive Player of the Year uh, for uh, uh, SBC other private schools. And the kid, the kid balled out. Um, very, very savvy. He had great football IQ, and I think that's what set him apart was his IQ for the game. You know making sure where he wanted to go. And you could tell, like, when, like, there was times that if he had pads, some of those kids were going to get laid out. But, you know, seven on seven, you can't really do anything about that. But he was, he, you tell, like, his close down speed was very impressive. Um, So I was really excited to see him there. Uh, Some other guys from the Houston, uh, one more Dallas guy I'll go, but he wasn't playing on the same team, is A.J. Jayro, the wide receiver from Plano Prestonwood. You know, I remember watching him before his freshman year, freshman year, and I went, who is this kid? And I remember my boss telling me about him. Uh, he's a 6'4", 180-pound wide receiver. Uh, he's an absolute stud. I'm. He's going to be probably a top 10 wide receiver in the state in the class of 23. Um, he, he For how big he is, his footwork matches his, like, his technique and his catching ability. That's what I think sets him apart is his footwork to where he, his breaks, his routes is very, very impressive. For that size, he's not just a vertical threat like most people who are at six four. He can run crisp routes, stuff like that, which I think sets him apart from most. Um, he caught some really great balls throughout the day, uh, but you know, the most of the time they had their number one DB on him because they didn't want him to catch anything. But it is what it is. But I was really, really impressed seeing him. Uh, moving on to three guys from Houston area. You know, the first guy I saw was Logan Tanner, uh, the tight end from St. Pius. Uh, he, you know, he just won newcomer a year for us in division one, but six, four, two twenty has a lot of Ivy league schools offering him right now. And I'm excited to see him blow up. He plays for fast Houston. So if you don't know anything about fast Houston, they have some talent. They have a five-star wide receiver, uh, from St. Louis on that team. They have a five-star corner that's going to Florida state. They have a four-star, uh, guy who's named Chris Marshall was unreal at wide receiver. And having a lot, and another guy, number one running back in the nation, Jaden Blue is on that team. A lot, a lot of talented guys on that team. And there is the, he was the guy they picked for their tight end. So I think that just says enough about if you're if he's around that good of talent and he's the tight end they chose for that team, I think that just says everything. Um, he was really good, really great player. Uh, I got to talk to him a little bit, meet him. He was a good guy. Uh, I was just really, really impressed with him. His size, he's... He moves really well for his size. He catches the ball really well. Uh, his hands are really, really special. So I was really excited to see him. The other tight end I really saw that one day was Thomas Jewett from Houston Strike Jesuit, 6'5", 230. He was really, really impressive. He looked the part for sure, uh, dominated them whenever they needed a guy over the middle, uh, just needed a vertical threat. He was their guy. Uh, I was very, very impressed with the guy. Um, he's going to blow up for sure. Uh, but, yeah, I was good to see him. Uh he looks the part absolutely, so excited to see him progress and grow. 
the other guy I really saw was uh, Brady Dever, the quarterback from Fort Bend Christian. You know, I talked about him in the past time. The 23, class of 23 quarterback, 6'1", 185. He didn't throw the ball a lot because he plays baseball, and so he's doing baseball. And the thing about it is he was just had a select game that day and then went and played on a 7-on-7 tournament. So, I mean, that, that just shows his character of throwing the ball, all that, and then going to throw football right after that. Um, you know, his arm must be dead, but, you know, shout out to him. He throws the ball, and I think, I, I will say it again, I think he's going to be a top five 10 quarterback in the Houston area. Honestly, probably top five in that class of 23. Uh, very, very special guy. Um, I, I can't speak highly, more highly of the guy. Can, kid can throw the ball. It's pure and simple. Uh, he has arm talent for days. I remember watching him when they played Austin Regents. He's going to be really, really special down there in Houston. Um, uh, shout out to him. Uh, he's a good guy. So that's really it. Yeah, for sure. It seems like there was a ton of talent down there, and I'm really glad you got to get out there and kind of analyze all that and see what the future holds for private school and a bunch of these kids. But that actually is all the information that we have to cover for this episode. So, Ryan, I'll turn to you first. Do you have any closing thoughts from all of basketball and the football stuff we've covered? I think uh, I think one thing needs, needs to just be known is just the fact that we cover everything. I mean, we we get around and we we cover our football basis and we cover our basketball basis and I think we did well this season. You know, with the state championships ending in the next, you know, about 5 6 hours whatever, I think you can understand that after a full season of football and a full season of basketball, we're still here. We're still rolling through and um and we hope to keep keep covering y'all all the way up until next season i hope y'all stick along with us all the way up till next season which we will be you know right here in the action and we'll we'll love the fact that we get to start from the beginning this time i mean you know we we started in the playoffs of football last year and it'll be nice to go week to week this year and be able to actually you know go over and have a normal basis of going and picking games each week and all that kind of stuff right I think I'm excited for that at least. And so I think that's something that, you know, we're just trying to get back in the groove of. And I mean, you know, August, September can't come any sooner, right? No, for sure. And in the great words of Tom Brady, we are indeed still here. But Walker, I'll turn to you. What what closing comments do you have? I mean, I was like, I think watching basketball for the first time in a while, I was really, really excited. Met a lot of great people. Uh, it was just fun games to watch, man. Um, great talent over there. Uh, in private school, especially in basketball. Um, they were just good games to watch. Um, yeah, and also going to the Pylon event, that was really fun, meeting a lot of those guys who are private school guys, you know, putting a name, to, uh, face to a name. Uh, I think that was really, really cool. Um, I'm going to the Under Armour All-American camp for my job up in on tomorrow. I'm actually driving up today. Uh, so I'm going to go do that, probably see some guys around the state who are going to be really, really special dudes. Go talk to them. And so, yeah, uh, really excited for this, excited for the future. Uh, probably the next thing, I want to get someone on for baseball. If y'all have any idea who I can go talk to so we can have a baseball podcast, that would be cool. Um, get one or two episodes about baseball since, you know, it is a big sport. And we have, a, there's actually a lot of people who are actually committed to colleges that play private school ball um, for baseball. But besides that, uh, my spring tour is coming up. That's my next thing. Uh, excited for that. Go meet a lot of y'all's coaches, players. Um, but yeah, I appreciate uh, Ryan coming down, watch the state championships. Uh, it was fun, fun meeting all all, all of us, uh, all of us together in actually one spot. So that was really cool. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it.
Yeah, no, without a doubt. And I actually want to do give a big thank you to Taps for sliding us the media passes last night. We, we've ripped on Taps a little bit before this, so that was a really cool move of them. And we only got told like once to, to calm down a little bit and not be so close to the court. But no, it was really fun. And also, big thank you to John Cooper School. Uh, me and Walker got to go sit in on their spring press conference yesterday. Hopefully, we can grab some of the footage from that and slide that in one of these episodes and show you what they have planned for the rest of the semester. But if that's all the information we have, I have been one-third of your hosting crew, Wes Tolleson, Walker Lott, and Ryan Schroeder have been themselves. Walker, thanks again for letting us enter your humble abode and be able to record this episode. Ryan, thank you for coming down in person and getting to meet all of us. And this has been the Texas Private School Podcast. We will see you in the next episode. Peace.